This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, I'm Harut Markarian, and this is Mobility and Inclusion the show where we share the powerful stories of people with disabilities and daring entrepreneurs making waves in our world. From technological innovations to best practices in business, we'll learn what it really means to live in an inclusive and universally designed environment. Welcome to a new episode of Mobility and Inclusion. Uh, This is a special episode. I'm going to talk to you about my background how I started this company and what is the current situation of the company and where we are currently. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background. Uh, you know, as you all know, my name is Harut Markarian. And, um, you know, initially I was a professional athlete. Um, so I had a short period of time where I played basketball at a very competitive level. Uh, unfortunately, that uh, career did not last for a long time uh, because we immigrated to the United States. Uh, and I'm originally from Lebanon. So uh, when we immigrated, my basketball career was, you know, over. It came to an end, even though I didn't want to, but that was the situation. I uh, tried to play basketball here a little bit, but, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't anything good. So uh, that kind of forced me to focus on my, uh, on my college work. So I continued my uh, degree in mechanical engineering. But at this time, I was still going to school just to get the papers, just to have that. I'm de- just to have that piece of paper that says that I'm degreed. Um, when I was in the middle of that, I my senior year, I decided to do a project with the ground with the IGV team, which stands for um, Intelligent Ground Vehicle. You know, it's, it's been so long that I forgot even what, what the acronyms stand for. But anyways, IGV stands for Intelligent Ground Vehicle. So as I was working uh, in this project with the team and with my advisor at the time, Dr. C.T. Lin, uh, I really fell in love with the work. I, I fell in love with all sorts of engineering disciplines from mechanical to software to uh, electrical work. Uh, and I really took interest in learning and and working on every single aspect of the robot, even though, uh, you know, some things I did not understand, but I did not fully understand. Of course, I have a general understanding, but I didn't understand enough to make a contribution maybe uh, in that short amount of time. But uh, I wanted to know everything about everything. So, and that's what, ga- that's what kind of gave me, uh, you know, the drive and the passion to really try harder and make, you know, make this project and this experience count. Um, 
so as as i was working towards the project uh we uh you know i just really fell in love with every aspect of it and uh at the end of it, we had a competition. We had an international competition. So our group participated uh, in the uh, robotics competition, the worldwide competition, which was an autonomous unmanned vehicle systems international competition, uh, AUVSI. It's a, it's a government um, funded competition that is held in Michigan every year, uh, which the robot goes through an obstacle course and has to think by itself and use vision capabilities to maneuver through uh, through various uh, uh, areas and rough terrains and you know in between lanes and choose choose paths certain paths with certain uh, specifications. So it was very fulfilling project to say the least, and we end up winning uh, the championship uh, that year. This was I think 2012, uh, and that left a huge mark in me um, and after that without thinking i immediately went through or went to pursue my masters in robotics um, and at the time i was also working full-time before i graduated with my bachelor's degree i was already working full-time so i was doing this you know basically full-time school full-time work i was barely getting any sleep but i was loving every bit of it um, when I started my uh, uh, my master's degree in robotics, again, Dr. C.T. Lin, who was my advisor at the time, unfortunately, he passed away a few years back. Uh, he left a huge impact on me. You know, because of him, uh, I fell really more in love with, uh, with the work. Uh, uh, and he showed me how to enjoy uh, the work, how to make it impactful for others how to make a difference with 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 robotics so i i really i really am grateful for dr ct lynn and uh you know um all my respects to him um so during my master's program uh the graduate students were working on uh brain activated wheelchair and what that is uh it consists of a helmet that has uh, electrodes that attaches to certain uh, parts of your brain. Of course, the more electrodes you have, the better signal you can get from your brain. So as you are thinking thoughts, those thoughts get translated through electrical signals, gets picked up from, from uh, by these electrodes and gets translated to the motors, which then can propel the wheelchair. Now, it sounds uh, interesting, and as I was, you know, kind of helping out the grad, grad students, I was trying to um, test the wheelchair and, and I put the helmet on and I got on the wheelchair and I was testing it. And I was trying to think about thoughts that can propel the wheelchair forward and backwards, but I was barely able to move the wheelchair, which was very frustrating. And, you know, and I was like, I was asking to myself, why can't I do this? It's like, it should be like driving a car, right? You know, press a pedal, go forward, you know, think about something that moves the wheelchair forward. And I was like, I was hardly able to move the wheelchair. But then when I saw the, uh, up on this point, by the way, it was only about the technology, right? I didn't care about the industry. I didn't care about, uh, you know, what kind of impact I was making with the technology. I was just you know, super interested with the technology, with robotics and all that, with AI, with vision, uh, uh, with computer vision and all of the above. Uh, so as, you know, uh, as I was 
testing and I was being, I was, I was really failing at moving the wheelchair forward with my thoughts. And then we uh, invited the actual user of the wheelchair who was, who had extreme paralysis. Uh, and this was his wheelchair that we were kind of uh, retrofitting, if you will. Um, and he sat on the wheelchair and, you know, it was like second nature for him. He put on the helmet and it was like going forward, backwards, rotating left, right. And, you know, it was like, it was like, how incapable am I? You know, I felt very incapable, even though he was the one with a disability, I felt more disabled at the time than him. You know, here I am supposedly fully functioning human being with, you know, every part of my body is functioning, but I wasn't able to use my thoughts, my brain, basically, which is the primary function of everything that goes on in our body uh, to propel this wheelchair. So um, that was my first interaction with, uh, in, in robotics technology and uh, the community of people with disabilities. And at that time, when I saw that, and when I saw what that independence and confidence that it was given to this gentleman who, uh, who was able to propel his wheelchair just by his thoughts, it was amazing. So at that time was the first time in my life that I felt the urge to start a company to do robotics, to assist people with disabilities, to, you know, assist them in, in performing activities of daily living, make them more independent, you know, rely less on caregivers, and ultimately uh, improve their quality of lives. But, uh, you know, uh, that was just a, a, a moment for me. And of course, I didn't, I didn't start my company then because I still had uh, a while to go. Um, in my in my in my career, I was working at a at an aerospace company at the time, and you know I was still working on my thesis project. Coming th to my thesis project, my thesis project consisted of a climbing wheelchair, and over the years, it has been many attempts to develop uh, to develop a climbing wheelchair and many successful events as well. Like a very very. A lot of people were very successful at creating different designs of climbing wheelchairs. Uh, and the most memorable of it was the iRobot. I think, I think it was the, or the iBot probably, the iBot who did, um, uh, who did a climbing wheelchair that was very successful, but it costed more than a car. So it would never, I mean, it went to the market, but then it was pulled, pulled out of the market because it was too expensive and people weren't buying it. And that's part of the uh, issue that my company and this podcast will address over the coming weeks. Uh, you know, why and how to develop and produce products, assistive technology, assistive robotics, if you will, to uh, assist people with disabilities, but let them be affordable, you know, uh, because we're going to come to find that people with disabilities live below the poverty line, unfortunately. And we're going to discuss this further in, in future episodes. But uh, as I was saying, I was working on a climbing wheelchair. Uh, and so I, I built a scale prototype. I mimicked the spider, spider's legs to have the robot climb stairs. And that was very successful. And I, I did everything myself. Um, you know, th there wasn't a team. There was only one other person, my, uh, a good friend of mine, um, whose name was Brian. He helped me with, uh, you know, with, with coding part of the, uh, part of the uh, robots uh, motors. 
so that was that was I was very grateful to him because I was running short with with time and I was against the deadline. So his help was greatly appreciated at the time. Uh, eventually, I got to uh, do my uh, defend my thesis dissertation with uh, in front of my uh, my my thesis committee, and uh, you know I got my master's degree and I went on nothing. I didn't I didn't pursue my my dream of starting a company doing robotics for people with disabilities. Uh, and at this point, I was already five six years into the uh, aerospace industry, and um, you know. I had started a new position at a different company. Well, maybe I was a little bit more into the industry, maybe around uh, nine, 10 years at this, at this time. Um, and I was working through, uh, to, uh, I just accepted a new position at this company. And over there, I met my mentor who, who eventually, uh, I met someone, his name is uh, Tom, uh, Thomas Roberto, and he became my mentor. And as we discussed, uh, you know, as we worked together, we really, uh, you know, we were really appreciative of the expertise that each one of us brought. And Tom, Tom was a program manager. He was also an engineer. He graduated from MIT with, with 30 years of experience or 25 years of experience at the time. And uh, I was just being a sponge, just, you know, sucking all that knowledge from him. And, um, at one point, I told Tom that, you know, I have all this technical expertise and knowledge, but I don't really understand business. So it was then when, you know, Tom recommended to look into a business program, uh, an executive uh, MBA, really, at Pepperdine University. So I ended up going to a certificate program uh, that the company uh, paid for, uh, which I'm also grateful that the company paid for that, um, to try out if this MBA thing was for me. And when I went there, it was very practical. It was, you know, it wasn't, for me, at least this is my personal opinion, it, uh, it wasn't academics teaching theories. It was people from the industry who were academics who taught uh, real-world uh, business problem, right? Business problems and how to address them, how to solve them. So I was really captured by that. So I ended up going to, I ended up going to Pepperdine University to, uh, you know, to pursue my executive MBA uh, uh, degree, uh, and it was a great time. I, we had, we had, we had, we were a small cohort at the time, and um, we just you know, learned a lot. We learned a lot. I mean, it was one of the best um, decisions that I've made in my life. Uh, now, having said that, during my, uh, you know, MBA program, we, the program required us to travel to do an international business class. So we had to travel to uh, different countries to meet with different uh, corporations and entrepreneurs to learn and discuss more about uh, different ways that different people around the world do business with, uh, you know, just understand how business is done throughout the world. Um, and that was even better and even more fulfilling experience because we got to visit a lot of good places, um, a lot of 
visionaries and entrepreneurs that made huge difference and you know made a lot of money along the way which which you know which is very important you know you can be a businessman you can be broke that doesn't mean you're a businessman so um you have to understand how to do business efficiently and and profitably um so as I was going through my MBA experience at Pepperdine and then this international class, that was meeting throughout this whole time, I was meeting entrepreneurs and, uh, you know, uh, learning about their business and their challenges and how they create opportunities for themselves. Um, I decided then and there to start my own company, to start the dream that I had when I was going, when I was, you know, going through my robotics program uh, that I was going to start a company, uh, a robotics company to uh, assist people with disabilities. So an assistive robotics company. It was in March 2019 they, uh, that I incorporated the company. But I still had a year to go to, or, or a few months uh, till December, basically, to go to uh, conclude my MBA. So really, I started the company, but uh, didn't do much because the work that required for my MBA program was, uh, was heavily involved. So I couldn't do both. Uh, I graduated with the MBA program in December 2019. And I immediately started researching in terms of what to do uh, with this company that I created. And uh, as you guys know, uh, March 2020, the pandemic started. So, you know, here I am with a company, but no products, no customers, no clients, and zero clue what product to go to market for and who to serve, or not who to serve, but what product to go to market for, with. Um, so I had to pivot. And uh, what did I do at the time? I started uh, a podcast. So this podcast that I'm talking through you right now, uh, through it to you right now, I uh, started it in March, uh, March of 2020, because there was nothing else to do. Everybody was confined in their in their homes. Um, so I said to myself, okay, let's start a podcast. Let's invite guests to it and see what are the what are they looking for in an assistive robotics uh, technology to. Uh, improve their quality of lives and, be, and make them more independent. And it was, I got to tell you, it was a very fulfilling experience. I loved every bit of it. And, you know, you, and I, I, I hosted a bunch of people, very cool individuals that really educated me throughout this journey. Uh, they opened my eyes to a, a whole community the largest minority group in the world, the people with disabilities. I've met amazing people from Vince Tasco to Eileen Gruba. They kind of brought me in and they, they, they were just amazing people. This, uh, uh, a friend that I met uh, over, over, the, uh, over the podcast, really, uh, my good friend, Eric Anderson, you know, great relationship that I, uh, that I built through the podcast. And as I was doing the podcast and learning more about this community, um, I thought to myself, okay, why don't I write a book which will help me in doing the research um, and, and, and figuring out what to go to market with? And, you know, and I never thought in a million years that I would ever write a book, uh, that I would you know, really write an essay, let alone write a book. Uh, mind you, I sucked at everything literature really related, which I regret right now that I didn't 
put more attention to the literature side of things and I just focused on the technical and analytical side of things. Now I'm kind of re-educating myself to be more proficient in uh, you know both uh, uh, both paths really. So um, I started writing uh, writing my uh, my book chapter by chapter and I used to do this you know research not non and never ending research. Um, to know more about the products, more know, uh, know more about the people. And ultimately, my goal was to write the book. And by the end of it, I wanted to know what product that Mark Botics should go to market with. And, you know, again, it was an amazing experience. Uh, I, was reading, I was writing chapter by chapter. At the end of it, I'm like, I, I you know, I was reading my chapters. It was like seven or eight, eight chapters or something like that. And... As I was reading it, I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm just an engineer. I should, I should have someone else look at this because God knows that what I have on paper there is like uh, just a bunch of words without, without a soul. So, uh, luckily, I, uh, you know, I hired this uh, very uh, capable individual who really gave spirit to my words. And that's, that's how I got the book done. And the book was launched, I think, in uh, October of 2020. And by that time, and through the help of Eric Anderson, I, you know, found what I was going to go to market with. And that was Grace, Ground Robotic Assistant for Care Enablement. So what Eric told me, and Eric, by the way, he, uh, he has a spinal cord injury. So... Um, so his dexterity is low. He uses a wheelchair. Of course, he, his legs don't work. So Eric came to me during my, uh, we had a great podcast, by the way, and he has an amazing book that, uh, you know, I read and really enjoy, enjoyed it, uh, enjoyed his story, enjoyed, his, uh, you know, enjoyed how he brought us from the beginning of, uh, you know, before his injury all the way to his injury and then what happened after, which was an amazing journey. Um, and, you know, now that we're talking about the, the injuries, I want to do a, seg a, little, a small segue here and say that, you know, 85% of people with disabilities acquire their disability later in life. So we have to be very aware of that powerful statistic. You know, any one of us at one point could be permanently or temporarily disabled. So uh, we have to build our environment, our services, our products to, uh, you know, to fit everyone. We have to make, have that consideration. So when I was having my podcast with Eric, uh, he came to me and said, hey, man, I have a lot of, a lot of problems or trouble picking something, picking things up from the ground when I drop them. Uh, and because his dexterity is low, um, he tends to drop things. And when he drops things and he tries to get them, now he can end up on the floor. So he becomes a permanent or temporary part of the floor till, till a caregiver comes and picks him up and put him back on the chair. So you can see how daunting that is. Someone who cannot perform activities of daily living, how frustrating that, it, uh, that could be. Uh, plus, uh, you know, waiting for a caregiver to you know, assist you with uh, something you know, something very, something that we take for granted for really, uh, you know, like 
picking things from the ground. If I wanted to pick, I don't know, this from the ground, right? This piece of uh, pen here, you know, Eric would, would not be able to do that. And if he did, he's gonna risk a fall and he's gonna risk additional injuries. So the frustration is big. The limited independence is, is a huge problem. And ultimately it impacts the quality of life. So, you know, Grace came about, the ground robotic assistant for care enablement and Markbotics, my company, decided to focus um, the first product on, on Grace. Uh, and we went ahead and developed um, developed um, uh, what do you call uh, uh, what do you call a, a small prototype you know that you know moves around the house or wherever you are moves around about your environment and picks things up so people in the wheelchair people with uh, uh, with, with challenges moving around with a back problem hip replacement an elderly right would not have to uh, risk a fall and 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 not be dependent on caregivers basically we are with this product we are increasing independence increasing confidence and increasing quality of life and we have i have had a lot of fun testing the robot we have tested the robot with a spinal cord injury patient with a blind person with a person with the spina bifida i don't know if i'm pronouncing it correctly but it's a spina bifida um we tested it with, with a doctor, an adaptive therapist that uh, had his back rebuilt. So uh, as, as he, he rebuilt his back, he no longer was able to bend over to pick things up. So he used that, uh, that's, that gripper stick, if you will, um, to pick things up. And I showed it to him and he was very excited about this product and, and what he was targeting. And of course, there has there was a lot of research behind behind uh, you know behind the scenes that never came to the surface, but it was all very fulfilling and very uh, enjoyable uh, times for me at least. You know, I got to meet a lot of wonderful people. I got to invite this this uh, uh, this kid Sebastian who came with Vin Diesel's double from the movies, right? Uh, to my house to test a robot. Uh, Sebastian right now is, uh, you know, is doing um, uh, promotions, I think, for, for Shriners Hospital for children. So um, it was, I met a lot of people. I met a lot of cool people. You know, I, uh, I went, you know, without, really without being ready, I went and showcased the robots uh, at the Triumphs Foundation uh, Wheelchair Festival, right? Which was another experience that, you know, initially I was thinking that, oh, maybe I shouldn't go. I don't have the robot fully built, right? It doesn't look good. But then talking to Andrew, the founder of the, of the Triumphs Foundation, um, he told me, dude, don't even worry about it. Just come to the, uh, just come to the event, get a booth, and then you'll have a lot of time. You'll have, you know, you'll have the feedback that you're looking for. And this is what I'm going to tell you. I went there, no preparation. I had no banners, nothing. No one knew who I was. I just had a laptop there saying that, oh, we're Markbotics, you know, just, just so <laughs> there's something on there. But uh, people was looking at the robot. I was the only one with a product actually there that, you know, did, did things, right? Uh, so uh, people came to me and asked about it. Initially, they thought it was, I don't know, some dumb thing, right? But then I, uh, you know, I 
positioned the robot in a different way. So it attracted a lot more people. And uh, people started, the uh, kids came to me with kids with disabilities and they came to me and they, they tried to, you know, uh, play with the robot and uh, manipulate it, see what the, what, uh, what they could do with it. And, you know, I had a lot of um, positive feedback, you know, a lot more than I was expecting. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I got to test, uh, test uh, a lot of the, um, you know, uh, wheelchair basketball, uh, um, I rode, you know, bicycles, um, there's this tripods, I think they call it, or tricycles, whatever that those are, that you sit back and then you propel it with your hands. Um, and then we did archery. So we had a lot of fun during the Trans Foundation uh, Wheelchair Festival. Um, and after that, you know, I started, once I validated all of that, and I had done, I also had done, uh, a survey on Facebook to see if there's a need, right? And the survey came back, 80%, over 200 people said, uh, you know, that they would buy this product right now. So that was a huge boost for me. Um, so once all that data was gathered, I'm like, okay, there's an interest, right? And we can help a lot of people with this. Now, um, of course, I listed many target audience that could benefit from this product. But my, because, because this came from Eric and Eric had spinal cord injury. So I decided to, uh, to do my initial target audience, for, for my initial target audience to be uh, the people with spinal cord injuries. So if we look at the United States, there are about 300,000 individuals in the United States living with spinal cord injuries. This is according to the CDC. Uh, and as of 2019, there seems to be 18 or 19,000 new spinal cord injury cases each year. That is a lot. That is a compound annual growth rate of over 5.5%, over 5%, right? Um, and when, I, when you go to the World Health Organization, they list that there is about 250 to 500,000 new spinal cord injury patients, uh, uh, injuries each year, right? So you can see how, uh, you know, there's, there will be a huge need because uh, people are, are, are getting injured and they're, they keep getting injured, they're injuring their spinal cord. So there will be huge need for this. Um, and additionally, World Health Organization also says that only one person in 10 have the uh, have access to the required assistive technologies. So as you can see, there's a big gap there. And what Mark Botics is trying to do is to bridge that gap. We no longer want to uh, have this gap in society where people with disabilities are left behind, right? We are going to adapt universal design. We are gonna put products out there that will uh, assist people with disabilities and even people without disabilities, right? Uh, like we're hearing a lot about mental challenges right now. We're gonna, now we're doing a proposal where we're gonna try to address the mental health challenges for veterans to prevent them from committing suicide through grace. And we're studying on how we can do that. Uh, what kind of technology, what kind of AI technology that we can put into grace that can also impact the uh, veteran suicide, the uh, suicide rate. Um, and when I say impact, hopefully like, decrease the rate uh, a lot, by a lot. Um, so 
as you can see, we are doing a lot of things. We are uh, a lot of good effort here. Um, and as, as I was going through this uh, experience, really, I met in one of the events that I, I went to, I met Jeff Hoffman. For those who don't know Jeff Hoffman, he's the original founder of, of Priceline. And, um, you know, I, I heard him speak from stage and talk about uh, his experience. You know, I talked about his experience. Uh, sorry, he was talking about his experience in an entrepreneurship for decades, right? He was, he's doing, he's been doing this for decades. Um, and I wanted to meet him. I wanted to talk to him in one way or another. That's what, another thing you should do. When you start your entrepreneurial journey, you should do everything. When you resonate with someone, you should do everything possible to talk to that person that you resonated with, to introduce yourself, to tell them about uh, your endeavors, to tell them about your projects and your entrepreneurial uh, journey, right? And the, the, sweet, the sweet person that he is just, uh, you know, just took me in, gave me all his knowledge uh, and he, he still keeps on um, you know, mentoring me and educating me. And I am proud to say that today he is my co-founder. He is my co-founder for Mark Bardix. I am actually working with uh, a wizard entrepreneur, right? Who's, who has been successful for many years and now he's on my team. And this didn't happen because he was interested in the business side of things. This happened because we connected on a human level. Right, we connected on a level that is far beyond business. You know, uh, we we call each other brother, and that's how I truly feel about him, and he truly feels about me. And that's I feel like that's going to be a difference maker in in my journey. And I hope I can make a difference, a small difference, in his long journey of entrepreneurship and being being in this uh, environment. Um, and that's I think I'm going to wrap it there for now. Of course, right now we're looking for investors. Um, we brought the product up to uh, to a point where you know, okay, we have a we have a proof of concept. We tested it with uh, you know people with various disabilities. Now we're we have a good pitch deck that you know uh, you know Jeff gave me his thumbs up, so we can go and pursue investors with. Um, and now that's what we're doing. We are going out there, putting ourselves out there um, to. Uh, you know, to to attract investors, really. And, you know, hopefully the investors will see the impact that we're going to make with, with this product and in the community of people with disabilities in the United States and throughout the world, really. Um, I, am, I am so excited. Um, you know, if you are interested in, in coming on the podcast, if you are interested in discussing disability topics, if you are interested in addressing any challenges, opportunities, uh, or even uh, give us feedback on, on the product, I will welcome you to, uh, I will welcome you on my show. I will host you. We will do a podcast together. We will have fun. And, um, you know, I will, I will leave my uh, information below. You can go to markbotics.com. Markbotics is spelled M-A-R-K-B-O-T-I-X.com. Um, and you can find a lot of information there. You can donate there. Uh, if you know, if you are an investor or you know in, uh, of an investor, um, please, uh, you know, tell them about us. 
my phone number is 818-564-5244. And uh, you can find my information on my website as well. You can email me. Uh, also, my email is also on my website, markbotics.com. Um, and, and there you have it. And one, one story I forgot to tell you before I wrap up. When I decided to start my company, uh, of course, it was my experiences, right? My external experiences, if you will, outside of my family. But then both my grandparents became completely dependent on caregivers due to old age, due to strokes, multiple strokes, that uh, both my grandfather and my grandmother uh, suffered through it. Unfortunately, we lost my grandfather uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, and uh, my grandmother is, you know, till this day requires 24-7 care and she cannot perform the simplest of tasks by herself. And one day when I was, you know, and what that does is that it creates a lot of um, difficulties, challenges, whether you want to admit it or not, it's challenging to have someone like that in your home. If you can't uh, afford the care, which is very expensive for certain, for that type of uh, individual, to get care 24 seven, it's super expensive. The products that are out there, I didn't touch on this, but I'm gonna, I'm, I'll give you a little hint, but I'll touch on it in, in a later video. The products that are out there today, most of it are super expensive and these people cannot afford it, right? As I said earlier, that people with disabilities live below the poverty line. If they're getting disability checks, they're living below the poverty line. Um, so, you know, when I when I saw the situation with my grandfather and my grandmother, uh, it was it was difficult to see, and it was more difficult that I couldn't do anything about it. I wasn't at a place where I was, you know, profitable or had a product that could help them, right? So uh, I tried to help with, you know, by being there as much as possible, taking the load off of my my parents and my aunt and my uncle uh, as much as possible, as much as I could. And one day uh, I saw my aunt trying to carry my grandmother from her wheelchair to uh, the couch. And I told her, of course, hey, I'm, I'm here. Don't do that. I will carry her. So as I was carrying her, uh, you know, my foot got stuck between her legs. And because her legs are dead, really, you know, they, she can't move them. Um, and I knew we were going to fall. I was, I was pivoting and my foot got stuck. And you know, there, I knew we were going to fall. There was nowhere else to go. I couldn't move my foot. Uh, and I was just looking around, just a grace from God, a sign from God to, you know, somehow save me. Uh, luckily, there was a perfectly empty couch uh, next to us. So I kind of shifted my entire weight towards the couch. And we, you know, we smoothly uh, fell on the, on the couch. And I was really pissed, you know. I, how was... You know how could I how could I be so ignorant uh, that you know I carried this very fragile person and on top of that I kind of put her life in, in in more danger if you will by by you know falling with her good thing I didn't fall on her I let her fall on me um, but uh, it was it was a very impactful moment you know at that point I was like very sick and tired of the situation and you know as you can see the um, the challenges of, of, of finding the right care, affording the right care, and the challenges of finding the right mobility devices and the right assistive technology or assistive robotics, those things could be very, and are very expensive, you know? Um, 
And that's, that's kind of my drive right now. I want to make sure that, you know, I wasn't able to help my grandfather. I'm barely able to help my grandmother right now. Uh, and I, as I go through this journey, I want to make sure that uh, hopefully I'll get to help my grandmother with this product uh, and help other people who would be in need of such products to ultimately give them back their independence, right? Give them back some of the independence that they lost uh, when they got injured. Give them, you know, increase their quality of life because that's really important. And that's really a powerful thing to have, independence, right? Uh, an entrepreneur, I became, I, I decided to become an entrepreneur initially because I wanted financial freedom. But then I wanted to impact people's lives, right? Um, and when you, when you think about freedom, when you think about freedom, being free to get up whenever you want from your chair, I can get up and leave right now. Some people cannot leave their wheelchair, right? Uh, I can, or, or even if they're not in a wheelchair, uh, they cannot pick up something. They cannot, uh, you know, uh, do the simple, go open a fridge, for example, by themselves. That lost independence will have uh, uh, will have will take a toll emotionally on the person. The confidence will go down. Um, the morale would go down, and not only for the individual, for the entire family. Really, around the world, there are one billion people with disabilities. If you count the family members of these people, there's about two billion people in the world with uh, you know that is impacted in one way or another with 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 a disability with some type of a disability, right? So our calling here, our vision is to bridge that gap. We no longer want to see one in 10 who, can, who have access to the required, to the required assistive technology. Uh, we no longer want to see this, you know, astronomical prices to uh, acquire a piece, of, uh, a piece of equipment that will impact a person's life. Um, we want to bridge that gap. We want to start conversations. Uh, we want to, you know, look for solutions, and we do that by partnering with the community of people with disabilities. I'm not telling here that I have the solution for everything, but when I partnered with the community of people with disabilities, people like Vince, people like Eileen, people like um, uh, Dan, Daniel Hodges, you know, that they really gave me, and many others, by the way, like Eric Anderson, I don't want to forget anyone, and I don't want to name everyone because I'm going to forget because I met so many cool people that taught me a lot. Um, so when we bring our efforts together and we collaborate and we communicate, we can find a solution. We don't want to be, uh, we don't want to dictate what people should use to be more independent. We want the solution to come from the community of people with disabilities. And we want to uh, collaborate with the community of people with disabilities to find solutions together rather than um, telling them how to fix their problems from an outside perspective. And I'm going to leave you with that. I'm Harut Markarian. This is Mobility and Inclusion. I'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.